Ladies and gentlemen, thank you once again for tuning in to another episode of the Generation Wrestling Podcast. As always, it's yours truly, the 29-year-old piece of gold, the franchise, aka the showstopper, better known as the GOW's resident tribal chief. And with me, as always, I got my tag team partner, my brother, my family. He is the flyest in the room, Mr. One, Two, Three. Pin that ass down, K Breezy, aka King Two Gold in the building. Brother, how you doing? Man, I'm good, man. You know, today's a special day, man. So I am excited and I am happy. So, man, look, let's not waste. Let's get into it, man. And tell the people right, who we got. Introducing again to the second time for the uh, on the GOW. She is WWE multi-time women's champion, former Impact Knockouts champion, the forever champion in my heart, hardcore country, Mickey James. How are you? Oh, thank you. I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Good, great, great. So, Tuco, I know you had some things you want to get off your chest. You want to talk to the champ first really quick. I, well, well, we're on the last rodeo. Uh, you know, well, as I say, that this is the last rodeo for you. Uh, you have your match with uh, Jordan Grace for the Knockouts Championship, career versus championship match. And you guys had this tag team match where I know you and uh, Tasha Steeles have, she, she's been kind of having your number. And and you you this is something you've been, well, you know, not 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 just having your number, but just someone who's you know just she really been that thorn in your side. She has, and and, and she reminds me of that all the time. Oh, lo loves to, loves, right? She and she loves, and the fact that you know she wanted, you know, she she didn't feel that you deserved it, and you know your 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 championship opportunity was on the line. But of course, because Jordan got the hot tag, the blind tag on you. Of course, she got the she got the pin in the match. What, what what was going on for you at the end of that match? Um, I think it was insulted. I was insulted because first off, Jordan mm -hmm. had already kind of expressed uh, her lack of faith in me in the fact that she thought that I could beat Tasha in the first place. And, right. um, you know, obviously the tensions are high because going into Hard to Kill, the stakes are high. But right. I also um, want Jordan to respect me, you know, and... Um, it would have meant a lot for me to shut Tasha up for good. And the fact is, is I didn't really get to shut her up, did I? Because Jordan tagged herself in and shut her up for me. And I don't need anyone to do anything for me, you know, if I'm right. Uh, and that could be stubbornness. Some could say that's stubbornness, but it's also, you know, a kind of a point to prove because now Tasha can continue to walk around and say that I never beat her. And she's mm. not lying because I didn't beat her. Speaking of hard to what? kill, so last year this mm. time, you know, what a difference a year makes, right? Last year, you were fighting Deanna Perrazzo in a Texas, you know, death match. And now, fast forward a year later, you know, we're talking about the last rodeo. It's career versus title, you versus Jordan Grace. Uh, and Jordan, somebody much like you, even though her career isn't quite as extensive as yours, has become really synonymous with Impact Wrestling, but women's wrestling in general. Mm -hmm. Breaking the fourth wall a little bit here. I understand storyline-wise this career versus title, but say if this is Mickey James' last match for now, behind the scenes, how much of this was your input or was it just a, a circumstance of the fact she's the champion? Um, well, I think that she's held on to that championship uh, parallel to this last rodeo this whole time, and she's had some phenomenal matches. I've, I've, in fact, went back and watched a lot of them just so I can study her uh, going into this match. But, um, you know, I think that she doesn't want to lose that championship because it's 
you know, she's a strong champion, and I think she's done a remarkable job of representing that Knockouts World Championship as representing, and that's kind of the truth of it, is when you are champion, you're representing the whole division. And yes. she's done a great job of representing the division while she's been champion, and I'm sure she doesn't want to lose it, you know? Um, and I'm sure she's thinking, like, if she can be the one to retire Vicky James, that's a pretty great notch to put in her belt. Um, the fact Jordan and I have never faced each other. We've never, the, I mean, that us being tag partners, <laughs> the first times we've even really ever been in the ring together. So, um, obviously, I think, um, you know, it just kind of worked out. It worked out that way. I was willing mm -hmm. to take on whoever the championship, the champion was by the time this moment came. And, you know, Jordan had just beat Masha and, and she's, um, she's watched me on this last rodeo and she knew that that was the end. Like what, what I really wanted was to work my way up the roster. And I, and I, I'm grateful that she realized that, or she felt anyway, that I had worked my way through the roster enough and it was time. Um, and, you know, maybe that is due to some of the fact of, uh, you know, we haven't faced each other and she's defended her championship this whole time while she's watched me do this. And so, you know, I don't, I didn't really know who else I could beat or how much more. I mean, there's obviously other women on the roster, very talented yeah. women. Um, right. But yeah, I, it just kind of worked itself out that way. And it is kind of crazy now, you know, fast forward, that was a year ago. Yeah, already. Now we're going into this one and, you know, that was the Texas death match and, and it was crazy and a type of match that I'd never been in before. And I feel like, come the 13th in Atlanta, it's going to be another crazy match and one that I've never been in before because I've seen how hard she hits and I see how yes. she wrestles and uh, I got to prepare myself, my mind and my body for that. You, you say prepare yourself. Are you really truly prepared for retirement? If not, not, not putting it on you that you're going to lose because you're hardcore country. We believe that you're going to win, but you. are you prepared for retirement are you prepared to not wrestle anymore um i go on a roller coaster with it because it has yeah. been my identity for the last not my complete identity but it's yeah. right. what i'm the best at it's what right. um i've dedicated my life to and my passion and my heart to and and given up a lot of things in order to be successful at right. um I don't know what I'm as good at as I am as wrestling. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, I haven't like really prepared for it. Here's the thing. It's like, I, I do believe in that mental game. And if I go in there thinking next chapter or thinking that I'm going to lose, I've already lost, yeah. you know? So I can't even think that or put that in the forefront um, as even a possibility. And, um, I know that eventually I'm mm -hmm. going to have to think about that and uh, I'm open to options. I'm open to options, but okay. for right yeah. now, I think all I can do is look in front of me, you know, and look what's right mm -hmm. in front of me. And then come mm -hmm. the 14th, we'll know what that decision is going to have to be, whether it's next chapter or next champion. Mm -hmm. Speaking of, like he said, prepare. And you said you got to look forward. But in order to look forward, you need to know from where you came. And when you look at how you came up in this business and the men and the women, you've outlasted longevity-wise in the ring. And some would even say last two years, maybe arguably two of your best years. Oh, how does it feel to know 
as long as you've been in this game, some people still consider you the very best at what you do. Oh, that's very, I feel, I'm very grateful uh, that they would think that because now more than ever, and there's been incredible women all along, you know, this journey uh, that I've been able to step in the ring with, but now more than ever, the, the talent out there is even thicker than it's ever been. And there's some great, great women out there. There's great men out there too, but I, you know, obviously I remain in the women's division. So that's who I pay the most attention to as far as competition goes. And um, to still be considered one of the best when you have all these women and that are given opportunities that, you know, we prayed for, it's, it's really cool. It's really cool. And the fact that I can still be a part of the locker room environment through all of this, I think it's pretty awesome, you know, and, and I cherish those moments in the locker room with these girls as much as hopefully they cherish them with me. And, um, they're not going to be lasting too much longer, but it's, uh, I just want to make the most out of it while I can. Really quick. Uh, looking back, you know, on, on your days of impact, what, what are some of the, you know, we, we have hard to kill pay-per-view coming up. You've, you've made your mark last year, as we've already talked about, what are some of the matches that you, that you that are the most the matches that you you got to go back and just watch because those are the ones that's like man you know what there's just something about that one match or if, if you just have a couple on you know that you can um, think of no i go i mean i struggle to watch my matches back for because i'm a perfectionist and i hate what well, i hate everything that i do and i just sit there and tear like just nitpick myself apart well, not just, just not just not just your matches, but other people's matches also. Oh, well, as far as I mean, well, for my matches, I was gonna say like I still can go back and watch that uh, Clockwork Orange House of Fun match yeah. that I did um, against Jeff Jarrett and yeah. like the early days TNA uh, because that was oh, yeah. something that women just weren't doing at the time, right. and I was the first and only woman to do it for almost a decade. There was, you know, um, yeah. So I watched that match back. I watched that match back with Deanna from Hard to Kill, uh, you know, the Texas death match. I mean, mm-hmm. that was pretty awesome. I, honestly, every time I've been in there with Deanna, it's been awesome. Like, right. she might be one of the greatest opponents I've ever been in there with. As far as tit for tat, that balance of two different styles, of two different generations kind of really going at it. Um, obviously, the WrestleMania match against Trish. Yeah. will always stand up there just because of the butterflies and the emotions I can still feel in especially like specific moments when, you know, that yeah. was the first time winning the championship it was my first WrestleMania. And there's times that I got lost in the match and lost in my emotions and lost in the moment. And um, yeah. I can still do that to this day. And yeah. I can still go back to those, um, the cage match with Lisa, with Tara at the time, yeah. when you were the mm-hmm. main event of the show. Yeah. And a double segment cage match and it was probably my first cage match since women extreme wrestling like on the independent you know right. so it was a long time since i had been in a cage and to do that dive off the top of the cage which was used yeah. forever as clips um always because that's that, yeah. was a, that was a nice dive oh, yeah the false count anywhere <laughs> match with melina like that match was dope and it was that was something that they weren't really doing a whole lot of at the time so for her and i to be able to do a Falls Count Anywhere right, match right. fight throughout the entire arena. Just that roughness of seeing two women just, yeah. you, you no never really it. got to see it. Right. And yeah, just loved yeah. it. Because it was very much going into that diva era too, where they were kind of backing off of the women's wrestling as yeah. much. And um, so she and I were really like, we were kind of, she was a hellcat anyway. And I know that 
term gets thrown around a lot, but we would just, we were uh, unforgiving to each other. We would sometimes not even apologize later because we had such a, a relationship like that, that it was just Mm -hmm. wild. And, um, but she always brought out the best of me. She really did. Uh, Mm -hmm. And my whole feud with Beth Phoenix. I mean, I could just sit here and go on. Right great is that i like every female especially storyline wise the michelle mccool and layla uh beth and uh, they all held a special place in my heart because they were very different Mm -hmm. human beings and they were very different performers and athletes and so the types of matches and the types of uh things that it brought out of you were always different so they're each special in their own way because of you're not going to get that same chemistry with each person everything's it's always going to be a little bit different mickey a couple more questions before we let you go i want to get really really honest with you professional wrestling (laughs) do you think mickey james will leave professional wrestling a better place than she found it yes yes i do because that was the whole you know once i got into wrestling and i i realized what i was jumping into the first and how different it was and how much I loved it and how passionate I was for it, but how I really like yearned for women to be seen as credible, equal talents, because I trained with all men. There weren't a lot of women training. There weren't a lot of women leaders at that time, uh, like helping to mold the next generation. And now all of that is changing so much. Um, but the whole, purpose was to leave it that's what my trainer told me was you got to yeah. leave the business better than you found it and if you ha- if you're not doing that then you're not doing your job so if i can't do that then i will never say my career was all for nothing but if i couldn't leave it and and even i'd say that i've already in some ways done that yes. um then i kind of misstepped along the way somehow you know well oh, most definitely uh but with with you <clears throat> With there being a leader and and Jordan Grayson being that leader of the new uh, the new women going forward and impact, and you having this match with her, uh, and I and I think I kind of asked you this earlier, but just kind of want to just really get back to it for the, for your match. Um, what is your preparation for her? You know that you know she's she's big, she's strong, she's fast. She is not like any other woman not not too many you know there's only maybe maybe, right. maybe been one or two she's of her breed. she's cut from a different right. and there's the reason why she's the champion you know um and she's hard to beat clearly um there's no way i'm gonna hit, be able to hit as hard as jordan i'm not as strong as jordan um and there's no way that you know in 11 days or 10 days or whatever it is away now yeah. I'm going to be that strong. I'll never be that strong. You know, I, Mm. I do know that I feel that when it comes down to business and when it comes Mm. down to in that ring, I've been doing this a long time and I, I'm like a, you know, not even like a professor or a doctor or whatever you would call it of the business, but I've, learned every facet of it, you know, from grappling to shooting to wrestling to entertaining. And I, you know, to, to the high flying stuff, do I do it all? No, because it doesn't really represent me, but it doesn't mean I can't Yeah. if I have right. to, you know, right. it doesn't mean that I won't because I right. have, but 
Um, I'm willing to do whatever it takes, but I've all, I have been strength training, obviously, because I'm going to have to be in there next with her. Um, I've doing, right. like, been doing a lot of mind and body training and mentally preparing myself because you have to train your mind just as hard as you train your body. You know, you right. really do, especially in this business. Um, but yeah, that's all I can do is just prepare myself mentally and physically. Well, speaking of prepare, we got career versus title said it already. We got Mickey James versus Jordan Grace Friday the 13th Ooh. center stage, Atlanta, Georgia, again, a year away from the classic match that you and Deanna Perrazzo had. Mickey, I know you got to get ready to go. We know you have other obligations. Any final words you would like to share before we get out of here today? Well, I just want to say thanks to my fans who have followed me this whole time and who have stuck by me. Uh, it really has meant a lot to me to, from Alexis Lurie to Mickey James to Hardcore Country and this last rodeo. It really has been a phenomenal ride. And thank you to my haters for hating. Because yeah. if you, oh, yeah. that oh, hate yeah. fools me and I want to prove you wrong and I appreciate it. I appreciate you putting a fire underneath my butt to make me fight that much harder. So thank you to those. And, and, you know, I just, my family and my husband, you know, who support me and help me be able to keep doing this dream, you know, um, and wrestling business, man. Like, I don't know what I would have done in life without wrestling. Where would I be now? I don't know, but probably well, training courses somewhere. And being awesome as a human being, let's face it. But yes. you know, <laughs> and being hardcore country, and, 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 and I, and I don't think we could have gotten anyone to exactly like you because you definitely, you definitely came in in a different way, and you made a you made your own mark, and and you've been on a, a hell of a run. And honestly, I don't want to see it in. I don't believe it will end. I believe we will see a new knockout women's champion, uh, January thirteenth, I believe. Uh, and we I, we will have no more uh, further talk of this possible retirement. But <laughs> it's just been an honor of uh, to just watch you and your over your career just be the so many different you know be able to as we say with uh you know with Chris Jericho just somebody who's able to evolve and reinvent themselves time and time again. And you have definitely been uh, like one of those catalysts. You are definitely a renaissance. You, you definitely yeah. uh, of this business, and it's been an honor to see that. Thank you so much. It really means a lot. I appreciate it. Yes. And with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for taking the time to tune in. I am your host, the 29-year-old piece of gold. He is also your host, King Too Cold, and she is my forever champion, hardcore country Mickey James. Oh, See you guys job. later. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you once again for tuning in to another episode of GOW, the Generation Wrestling Podcast. As always, it's yours truly, the franchise, aka the showstopper, better known as the GOW's resident tribal chief. And with me, as always, I got my tag team partner, my brother, my family. He is the flash in the room, Mr. One, Two, Three. Pin that ass down, K Breezy, aka King Tuco. Bro, how you doing?
Man, you know what it is, man. It's Tuesday, man. You know, we're hanging out with the people, man. And we got a special guest today, man. So let's go ahead and man, do our one, two, man, and do what we do. Absolutely. And taking the time to join us today on the GOW, none other than Dante Casanova. Dante, how you doing, my brother? I'm good. How are you? Good, man. Good. good. Thank you for taking the time to come on here today. Oh, man, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. All right, man. Well, look, you know, as we said before we got on here, man, you know, you and I, we we had a brief discussion. So, you know, we're going to kind of let the conversation flow and, you know, wherever it goes, it goes and we're going to go from there. But with that being said, man, let's start off with something easy. First of all, tell the people who don't know and would like to know, who are you, where are you from, and how did you get involved in this thing called wrestling, man? Well, you know, as you said earlier, uh, my name is Dante Casanova, uh, currently residing in a small town called Winter Haven, Florida, which is, if you don't know where that's at, if you take Orlando, you take Tampa, and you just coincide right there in the middle, that's where I'm at, I'm in the middle of everything, Central Florida, you know, hot, sunny, beautiful weather. Um, how I got into this crazy business, I mean, I mean, uh, I was a fan growing up, who wasn't a fan at one point, you know what I'm saying? And uh, I saw people doing, you know, what I've always wanted to do. And I was like, you know what, if they can do it, what's stopping me from doing it? So, you know, two years later, here I am. Speaking of being a fan, you know, who who was somebody or, you know, what people were you a fan of? You know, were you more of a fan of the heels? Were you a fan of the faces? Like, you know, who who, who gathered your attention? So, I mean, uh, it's, it's a corny answer, but uh, growing up, I, I started watching when I was young. So my guy was always John Cena. Uh, that's my guy growing up that's who I started watching and that's why that's who got me into wrestling essentially but as I got older and I got a little more mature I started to you know really get captivated by the heels and whatnot guys like you know Randy Orton Triple H um you know CM Punk at the time when he was getting red hot and whatnot but just heels really spoke to me you know okay what is it about that heel that I, you say it speaks to you but you know what is it about yourself that makes you, you know, that you think that you can be a great heel? You know, what what is it about you that makes that, you know, that you bring it to the table? I don't like people. I mean, let's, let's, let's that's, that's a great start right there. there. I don't like people. So. <laughs> that's a great start. I'm a reclusive person. You know, I like my space. I like, you know, my time. You know, I don't like people interrupting me. I don't like really uh, interacting with people per se. So, they got to do and say what I always wanted to say and do, you know, like stay away from me. I don't need you. I don't like you. I don't want you. That's, that's, that, that, that resonates with me. Mm, damn, I like that. You know, I, speaking I, of not I, like I never people. heard that answer that way. I, I like that. Okay. And, and, and that was an honest answer. You know, we, did, we, did, we didn't get a cookie cutter answer. I like that. Yeah, you right, know? right, straightforward. <laughs> I, hey, I can respect that. Hey, I don't like, hey, man, something, look, people get on your nerves sometimes, man. You just they really do, you know? <laughs> I get you. I get you. Speaking of, you know, being a heel and not liking people, you hear a lot of wrestlers say, you know, their character, just their real life persona maxed out. Right. So, you know, how much of, you know, you not liking people or just in general, just when you got to get into that zone, right, whether it's heel face, whatever, how much of that, you know, mentally does that wear on you before you go into a match, especially like, you know, this bull rope match you have. Right. I'm looking at that and I'm thinking like, yo, I yeah. couldn't just wake up. It's like, damn, you know what? I got a bull rope match today, but I'm also not a wrestler. So, you know, you know, how do you mentally prepare yourself for certain matches and stipulations like that? Um, I mean, I've always looked at it this way, you know, when when the bell rings when we're out there in front of people, it's not me. You know, it's it's someone entirely different. I can be literally anybody I want to be, whether I'm a face or a heel. If I'm a face, I can be a superhero, I can be someone that I've always looked up to. 
you know, I can make a little kid happy because I've always wanted to be happy, you know, seeing my heroes on TV or whatever. But, you know, flip it around, if I'm a heel, oh, it's the best. I can do what I will. I can do what I truly want to do and just yell at people and just hurt somebody. You know, it's just, it's, it's just different. It's not me. It's somebody that I am portraying, but I can use little personality traits that I've always wanted to incorporate, but can't because of whatever the reason, whether it's not right morally or legally. Uh, I can do it, you know, I can hurt somebody and get away with it as a heel. So that, that's, that's what mentally prepares me is like, how can I hurt this person and enjoy hurting him as a heel? How tall are you, man, by the way? Uh, I'm 6'2". See, okay, because watching your videos, man, you look taller. And and, and, and I, was, I, I mean, because you, you got a nice build for it. Because I was going to say, man, he's a big dude. And he's moving, like, really, really great in the ring for a big dude. But I, I'm like, but I know TV video it adds weight you know height and stuff so i wanted to right. ask that but no i like the way you move in the ring i i, I think I, I like the way you, you you know you're a solid guy but you have a lot of arsenal you you're definitely athletic and your agility so i definitely like that man but just kind of curious but uh you you say that you know triple h and randy orton and those guys were the reason why you wanted to be a great heel but who were those guys that you looked at you know, when you were coming up, it was like, you know, I want to do what they did. Like, because to me, some of your moves kind of, I, I see a little bit of Ray Mysterio, I see a little bit of the, you know, a little bit of everybody else. So, who were some of those guys that when you saw them, they was like, man, that's what I want to do? Um, when it comes to, you know, tape study and whatnot, uh, I really enjoyed, I mean, obviously, everybody is going to agree with me. Eddie Guerrero is one of the best to ever do it. I think he's oh, uh, probably, you know, top two, if not number one, the greatest ever released of pair of boots. Uh, I think he's very fluid in what he does. I don't think there's no wasted motion. I've always wanted to do that myself. I've always wanted to be as smooth as him. Granted, no one's ever going to be able to do it like him because there's only one Eddie Guerrero. But uh, I've always wanted to at least try to emulate 1% of what he can do. Um, another person that I very much looked up to was um, the Miz. The Miz was so easily hated, but what he did was so calculated and so precise. And I've always liked that about him. And a lot of people say, oh, he doesn't do anything. But if you look at between the lines and between the moves, he does a lot. Like it's just a little nuances. And that's, that's I, that, I think it's very important. So that's what I've also looked up to. Awesome. Oh, cool. Spe speaking of, you know, the nuances, you know, I Yes, you got to have the moveset, right? But at the end of the day, especially, you know, when you go up and you move up uh, in wrestling promotions, it becomes a little bit more about the entertainment aspect of it, right? You know, can you put asses in seats? You know, so how much of that psychology and, you know, being aware of not only yourself as an in-ring wrestler, but as an overall performer, how important is that to you uh, to really loan and hone the character as opposed to just the moveset? I think it's very important because uh, one thing that I was uh, – we were harped on when I was in training school was, yeah, I can teach you a bunch of moves. I can teach literally the, my next door neighbor how to wrestle, but what makes you special or important enough to make me want to pay my money to see you do something different than the next person? So like anyone can do a suplex, but your character wise, yeah. what, what differentiates you? Anyone can do moves, like I said, but you got to have something about it. you got to bring something to the table that you're not doing with just moves. So I think I think having a character and having that entertainment value and personality traits, I think that's an important thing in this business. Okay. 
Uh, uh, so, you know, okay, you, you, I, I always like to ask, you know, guys when, you know, especially when they're working in independent scene, just kind of who are some of the people that help them along the way? Who are some of those folks that they uh, appreciate for the guidance that they've given them? And who are some of those folks for you that helped you, you know, journey, your, through your journey through this business and to, you know, to be as good as you are? Uh, my number one person that I accredit so much of like my in-ring skills and uh, in-ring awareness and just the ins and outs of the business when it comes to independent scene is uh, his name's Kakoa. Okay. Uh, he goes, uh, he's a Florida guy, uh, but he's been in the business for a long time and he's so smart with everything that involves professional wrestling, whether it's character, whether it's moveset, whether it's psychology, whether it's just being a good person. Um, mm -hmm. He's very, you know, in depth with that. So I very much give him a lot of credit and praise for helping me and for him to even take the time. Like I said, I'm, I'm pretty new in this business. I'm only, I'm working on my third year. He's been in this business for, I'm, I'm all, I want to stay close to 20. So he yeah. has no reason to really care about me at all. But right. I took the time to ask him, hey, you know, I asked him a couple questions if you can watch a few of my matches. And he, without even hesitation, was like, yeah, man, just send me something. I'll get back to you. And he got back to me within a day's notice. So I very much appreciate and applaud Kakoa for helping a young student out in this business. You said, you know, you're in your third year in the business. And, I, and, and you know, my question to you would be, how does a guy that's only in his third year in the business, you know, AEW, I believe, what, in fourth year now, and you've got a little bit of experience with some AEW television. So how does a guy in less than five years of wrestling, you know, get a chance to, you know, perform on the second largest company in the world? Man, how did that come about? Uh, just, you know, right place, right time, who you know, what you know, you know, just stand out, email a lot, you know, just whatever little opportunity you get, whether it's, you know, a 10-minute match on TV or a 10-second match on TV, you do what you you do what you can, you know, you got to make yourself stand out. Uh, but I can't just, you know, spit, you know, a bunch of lies here. I, I, I have a couple connections. My coach, one of my coaches is Sean Spears, you know, he's, he's an AEW. So, obviously, he helped me a lot with that. He gave me the right connections, and I just... You know, did my due diligence, took his uh, advice, emailed this person. They gave me an opportunity, and I, you know, I did my best. And, you know, I ended up on TV, so. As a guy that's three years in, when you look at wrestling today, considering, um, you know, there, there's there been changes over the last few years. AEW came into the business. WWE was kind of doing their thing and how they, you know, what they perceived and whatnot. We all are used to that. But for a guy three years in, or even growing up, what is your, uh, what is what is your just take on the business today, as far as just where it's at, you know, with the wrestlers, independent, you know, you know, big time, whatever, just you know, just your feel and just what you're seeing. Um. So my thing, and this is something that I very much uh, believe in. Mm -hmm. I love the fact that in today's pro wrestling business, anybody can be a pro wrestler. Yeah. But at the same time, I very much dislike that anybody can be a pro wrestler. I say it again, brother. <laughs> Come on, Again, bro, I respect that. <laughs> you know, like I said, anybody can be a pro wrestler, and I love that because it, it helped me. It allowed me to join this business. But at the same time, you know, you can obviously go to independent shows and see someone who really has no business being a pro wrestler. And it kind of it kind of sucks, but at the same time, it's like, hey, I'm chasing my dream. By all means, chase your dream too. Right. So I, I think that's uh, my main takeaway in today's uh, pro wrestling world is you know, 
It's a double-edged sword. It's a good thing and it's a bad thing. Mm. Cool. Go ahead, well, speaking of what you just said, uh, if there was one thing you could change about the business, whether you know it's for better or for worse, what is something about the business that you would like to see change from one way or another? Um, I think one thing I would change is uh, gatekeeping slash favoritisms. And I get it, you know, that's just the name of the business, you know, like I said earlier, it's who you know and what you know. So uh, I think that also hinders a lot of talent, uh, overlooked talent per se. Yeah. Uh, so let's say for instance, a big indie show, um, let's say GCW or Warrior Wrestling. I personally have never wrestled for them. I would love to, but I don't know anybody there. But you know, they have, they have their top guys, they have their friends, they have their, their top people. And it's good, you know, they've definitely earned that spot. But at the same time, I think, you know, it'd be nice for them to throw bones to up and coming hungry talent. Um, and, you know, try to give people opportunities because you never know what an opportunity can do for that person. They can shine or they cannot shine. It's sink or swim in this business. And I just think there needs to be more opportunities to either sink or swim. Okay. All right. I, I, I definitely respect that. You know, favoritism has, this, you, you can tell when favoritism plays its part, you know, watching certain things nowadays. So I, I definitely get where you're coming from. But I, I think we've been a little nice for, for, for right now. So let's get to a little, let's get a little nitty gritty here, man. Who is somebody that you right now, man, that you're in the beef with somebody that, 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 that irks your nerve. Who is that somebody that Dante mm -hmm. has got to put the smack on real quick, man, because this dude has just been talking out of pocket too much to you, man. Who, 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 who's been, who's been getting on your last nerve, man. I mean, really anyone that steps across the ring from me gets on my damn nerves. Let's just be honest with, with everybody here. But if I had a single out one person, top person that comes to my mind right now, I actually had a match with him, uh, I would say two weeks ago, and he couldn't get the job done, you know, clean. So he had to use some outside interference, he had to use a belt. Um, Jake St. Patrick. Jake St. Patrick right now is really uh, getting under my skin, uh, mainly because right now he's in possession of my intergalactic title belt that I never officially lost. Um, I was nursing an injury, had to, you know, take some time off, Granted, the promotion had to do what they had to do. They had a hey, next person steps up. I get it wholeheartedly. But when I get my opportunity to come back and I challenge you, and then you throw a bunch of stipulations in it, and then you can't even beat me the clean way, that really gets on my nerves. If you're going to parade around here like you're the true intergalactic champion, you got to beat the original intergalactic champion, which you haven't done. So man to man, I, I, I don't see you as a champion. You're not a champion. You're a coward to me. And that really gets on my nerves. See, I might, I might be, uh, I might say I don't like people, but at the same time, I am a man at the end of the day. So I'm going to look you in the eye, and I'm going to stand, stand up toe to toe for what I believe in. And what I believe in, Jake St. Patrick, you're not the real intergalactic champion. I mean, you didn't lose it, so I mean that I, 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 I can respect that. You put the work in. You, you know, unfortunately, injuries is a part of the game. We all know that. You, hey, so I, I feel you. I'm with you, brother. All right, man. Hey, put that smack on him. Next time you see him, man, let him know. <laughs> Next time you see him. So, so in other words, I hear that uh, it's gonna be Dante versus Jay St. Patrick. He gonna whoop his ass all over time and space. Is that what I'm hearing? Man, I whoop his ass any day of the week and twice on Sundays. <laughs> all right, well, whoop his ass and twice on Sundays, man. What is a match that you haven't had yet that you've always wanted to have? Um, like I, uh, I, I got a, I got a list of three right now. Uh, as much as I, you know, gratefully respect and admire Kakoa, I think he's my number one. I definitely have to get in that ring with him, and I gotta, I gotta prove. Hey, I might be young in this business, but damn it, I can go. So mm -hmm. Kakoa, I, I, I want one with you. 
Number two would probably be Stunt Marshall. Stunt Marshall, uh, I like him a lot. He's a good, he's a he's a friend of mine. But <laughs> I think I think I can go with him. I think we can make magic with him. And uh, I think number three would probably be a little little lesser known fella, um, uh, Jake Sterling. Jake Sterling is right now currently one of the top guys in uh, the dun the new dungeon uh, that's under T.J. Wilson, and. Mm. I see a lot of progress with him from when I first met him to what he's doing now. He is leaps and bounds above a lot of people in the independent scene, and he's not getting a lot of recognition for it. And I think if I want to get better, hell, iron sharpens iron. I, I got to get in there with him and test my skills. Okay. Man, okay. Uh, well, I, I kind of you, – you mentioned a few guys, and, and one thing that, you know, we try to do here at the GOW, man, is to get to know more independent guys. You know, there's a lot of wrestling, so we, we – And ladies. People, you know, we, 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 we miss people, and we're not afraid to say we miss folks, but we want to ask, you know, who are some of those guys that are standouts that it's like, you know what, man, you know, check this guy out, or, you know, check this guy out. You know, we, we, we're, we're honored that you're here, but, obviously, you know, we want to know more about everybody that – that's around you and you know who we should be looking out for um like i said kakoa uh jake sterling um daniel lacy tex mctex uh randy wentworth man I, I i got a list of them but i would be here you know for, for days on end but those are the top five that come to my mind right there okay okay all right okay we'll go and look out for some of them names you know we, we, we love this business, so we definitely want to look at for the new up-and-coming talent and want to see you do more in the business, man. So definitely good looking out for that. Dante, you mentioned a couple of the people that you work with and that you wanted to work with. Who is the most famous person you work with thus far? And who is somebody past, present, or future? You know, if you could have that dream match, who would it be against and where? Um, now, are we talking strictly independence or are we talking like – who I've worked wherever uh, you want to go, man. Wherever, where, you, wherever, 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 wherever that person is that is like you, you feel like you can give them the best that you got, whoever it is. Okay. Um, dream match, and this is just me, you know, just fantasy booking. Um, you know, I hope for a speedy recovery. I hope he's doing well. Randy Orton is my guy. That's mm. um, like mm. I might have said, you know, John Cena was my, my go to guy as a kid, but as, as a student of the game, uh, Randy Orton's my guy. 100%. Yeah. Um, yeah. Would love that. I know, you know, he's got, you know, less time in front of him than he has behind him. But I think he's uh, definitely the top three uh, greatest of all times with everything, not just the entertainment aspect, but with literally everything in the ring. You can't touch Randy Orton. He's an um, old school throwback. I, not to cut you off, but he's like an old school throwback to, you know, that old school style of wrestling and Hogan, Macho Man kind of days where, you know, you told a story in a match and you just didn't go out there and just do a whole bunch of stuff. You, you made the people pay attention. So, I, yeah, I, I definitely agree with Joe now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, Randy Orton is my uh, my dream match fantasy book. You probably would never happen, unfortunately. But that's I would I could literally have one match and it'd be him and I can never lace my boots up again. And I'd be happy with it, honestly. Um, when it comes to your first question, was the most famous person I've wrestled? I mean, I've wrestled Wardlow. Uh, I've trained under Sean Spears and Tyler Breeze, and I've had matches with them, not officially, but like, you know, training matches with them. Um, I've, I've wrestled uh, Max Caster, uh, the, the Acclaimed, uh, let's see, Aaron Solo, Nick Camarado, Don Castle, beautiful man. I love him so much. Can't say anything 
negative about him, but Don Castle, I've had a, had a go with him, so I love that. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty 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 much yeah. You mentioned Sean Spears and uh, uh, yeah, Tyler yeah. Breeze. Were you at the Flatbacks Wrestling School? Is that what you're referring to? Yes, sir. I was. That's where I trained Flatbacks. Got you, got you, got you. King, man, do you have any more questions for our guy, Dante, man, before we wrap it up? Uh, no, man. I, I I appreciate you taking out the time, man. It's good to, you know, we we, we want to do more of things like this where we talk with more, you know, up-and-coming talent in the business. You know, we want to, you know, see more about you, man. Like I said, I, I got to watch a couple of your matches, man. I, like I said, I love the way you move in the ring. Uh, I, I, you, you're definitely someone I want to keep my eye on, man. So, Dante Casanova, you definitely got a new fan today, man. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Say, I got one more question for you, man, because you know what? It's kind of been bothering me, and I've been trying to figure this out, man. You know how for a while people didn't know if, you know, Taz was black or what The Rock was? I got a question for you, brother. <laughs> because I'm looking at you right now. I'm like, damn. Man, I'm sorry, like, bro. It's not, hey, he goes off the script sometimes. Hey, I'm looking like, man, you could be my cousin right now. So I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of curious, man. You know, are you an island boy or, you know, you know, you know, talk to the people, man. What's your heritage? I'm Mexican. I'm 100% Mexican. Oh, okay. 100%. Okay. Okay. I, I knew it had to be something because I'm looking. I'm like, yeah, man, I'm like, look. His name is Dante Casanova, brother. Hey, 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 look. Hey, look. Hey, look. Don't you do that because don't act like a king the dream didn't exist, okay? I mean, I mean okay. I did, that's true. But I think, Don, I mean, Casanova, like, come on. Hey. Hey, I wanted I, you gotta I, have I a certain flavor to be sure. that man. You gotta have a certain type of flavor, man. And my man, <laughs> but no, hey, look, as you see, man, we definitely like to make the people crack up, man. We definitely want to have fun with you, brother. First of all, I want to tell you, we've done many interviews. I can honestly tell you to your face, man, this is no smoke. I've absolutely had a blast with you. Yes, I love how easy you were to work with, how easy you were to talk to. And honestly, man, look, anytime you have anything coming up. You let us know, brother. We'll be glad to have you on. Oh, man. Thank you so much. Like I said, I greatly appreciate you guys having me. I thoroughly enjoyed my time, too. You know, if you guys ever want to. Before you get out of here, let us know what you got coming up, you know, and where people can reach you at, man. All right. Absolutely. Um, let's see. August 6th, I got Mayhem on Mills. That's coming up in Sanford. Uh, God, I'm so bad with dates. I got to look at my calendar. Um, if you're ripping the name of shows, let's just say that much at least. <laughs> let's see. We got local pro coming up. We got uh, Universal Championship Wrestling coming up. We got uh, USWA in Jacksonville, Florida coming up. We got UEW also in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, yeah. Quite possibly one or two Indiana bookings coming up. Got to confirm with them. And uh, currently in talks right now to do my first European tour. I'm trying to Ooh, you know, go out that, there, man. do a few tours. Uh, get my name more known out more than just in America. You know, I want to. I want to be the next big thing. So I definitely well, no, got that. Has, that has worked wonders for a lot of people that have come up in the smaller companies. Man, is, is being able to go international and make a name over there because that definitely brings more attention here, man. So nah, yeah. man, good luck to you, man, on that for real. Appreciate it. And with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, thank you once again for tuning in to another episode of Generation Wrestling. I'm the franchise. He's the king. And he's the next big thing, Dante Casanova. Until next time, yeah. we'll see you when we see you. Peace.